Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sex Ed Podcast. This is Kaylee. And this is Jen. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we are talking about revenge porn. Yes, I do have a revenge porn story. Spoiler alert. I was not the one taking revenge with porn. You were you were not the revenger. You were the re- revengey. I was the porny. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this isn't actually really not a funny story at all. No. It's no. really sad and upsetting. So, you know, <laughs> I'm laughing because that's how I deal with um, difficult Trauma. things. Yes, yes, of course. That's how most of us do. <laughs> If anybody listening to this does uh, have any sensitivities about revenge porn, this story did happen when I was 16 or 17. uh, So it also involves like underage porn problems. I would say, you know, just skip this episode. Yeah. Take care of your mental health, y'all. We hope you learn a lot and take some good stuff away from this episode. Uh, Enjoy. Let's get started. Uh, For anybody who doesn't know, talking about what exactly is revenge porn, I guess what I would call it would be basically if somebody obtains a pornographic image or video or or content of someone and then uploads it somewhere or sends it to people as revenge for something. Typically, I think you hear about it being like a breakup or... Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that's usually the most common way because that person might have those images already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely non-consensual, right? Yes. And it's, you know, done to tarnish someone's reputation because we live in a misogynistic society in which, you know. Puritanical values. Right. Women who have sex can get fucked literally and figuratively. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good definition. Um do you want to just dive into what what happened to you? Yeah. So basically, I had a boyfriend in high school. Let's call him Mike. Mike, okay. Um, yeah. So I was dating Mike in high school. And funny story, I did not... I had my own cell phone, but I did not have texting because of... Uh, I got in trouble. <laughs> this is a story for another time, but I got in trouble <laughs> um, when I was uh, 14 and got texting taken away for a very long time. So what I would do is sometimes I would take Mike's cell phone home with me to text my friends from the other school I used to go to. Uh, and it was fun, little secret thing I would do. And then one time when I had his phone, I took some naked pictures of myself. Mind you, I was, I think, 15 Mm -hmm. at this time. They were cute. Nothing like super explicit, just like booby pics, maybe like a naked pic of like full body, but not like, not like anything up in there, which is fine. You know, respect to people that do. I can't figure out how to make those pictures look good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Please like drop some tips on how to take pictures of your (laughs) vagina or something that are flattering. Right. Right. (laughs) that was all fine nothing really happened we dated for like a year i think two years and then we broke up and it was okay like nothing i mean it was a dramatic breakup but nothing bad happened and i then started dating someone else who actually was was kent the one who masters our sound hello kent Kent just popping up where you least expect him 
Hey, Kent. <laughs> so I was dating Kent at the time that this happened. And to make a very long and complicated story short, I inserted myself into some drama that was happening between one of my friends and Mike's best friend, who we'll call Henry, who was a 19-year-old at the time and had graduated from my high school the year before. And it turns out that he had naked pictures of me from Mike's phone. From Mike's phone. How the fuck did he have those? Right. I mean, probably because Mike sent them to him and lied about it. <laughs> or because he denied, he denied ever doing that. So I think there's an other possibility where he just kind of went onto Mike's phone and sent them to himself mm-hmm. because kind of eventually found out he had done this to more people than just me. And that is what happened with that other person. Wow. So Henry has these naked pictures of me. Mind you, I'm 17 at this point. It mm-hmm. had been two years since I took those pictures. Yeah, you guys were like well broken up. You yes, moved well on. broken up. Everyone was like, like Mike and I were like chummy at this point. Yeah. We weren't even like mad at each other anymore. Mm-hmm. I piss off his friend Henry, and mm-hmm. Henry gets mad at me and cre- okay, I'm about to date myself right now. He creates a fake MySpace profile. I knew MySpace was coming up. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. This is in 2008, okay? He created a MySpace profile of the, like, I guess he just, like, pulled all these pictures from the internet. It was, like, this lesbian girl named, like, Caroline or something was, like, the profile. And she had a bunch of, like, crazy, like, HTML and stuff. Like, you know, all the fancy MySpace things. Oh, yes. Everywhere. And Caroline DM'd those pictures to a fuck ton of people from my high school and from the private Christian junior high that I went to. So the reason I ended up even finding out that there were naked pictures of me being circulated was I was in my multimedia class and I, you know, we all had computers there and I logged into my MySpace and I have a message from someone I hadn't talked to in like probably like a couple of years from the old middle school that I went to. And she said, Hey Kaylee, like, I don't know who this person is, but they sent me naked pictures that really look like you. Can you check? And I like panicked. I was like, what are you talking about? So I messaged her back and I was like, can you give me your login so I can like log in and look so that's what she did. Like she sent me her, I don't know how it's, you know, very not password secure, but you know, it's 2008. She instant messaged me her login. <laughs> yeah, she probably did. <laughs> she sent me her login info and I logged into her MySpace and looked at the message. And sure enough, it was the pictures of me from Mike's phone from two wow. years ago. So I'm actually in a class with one of the people involved in the drama that got this all started when mm-hmm. I find out about this. And they offered to let me come over to their house after school and log into MySpace on their computer so that I could figure out what the fuck was going on. Because I was terrified of my parents finding yeah. out. You grew up like really religious in case anyone yeah. had picked that up yet. Right. <laughs> right. So I, I didn't want them to find out. So I didn't want to go home and log in and look at it at my computer. So I went over to my friend's house mm-hmm. and logged in and checked everything. And like, yeah, I knew it was there. And I was like, oh my God, I I don't know what to do. I have no idea who all this was even sent to. Yeah. 
I had a suspicion that it got sent to Kent. So he let me, he gave me his login information too. So right now I'm swimming in MySpace logins. (laughs) (laughs) Kaylee's like hacker, hacker pro over here. He left the room and let me log into his account. And sure enough, he had the pictures. So Mm -hmm. I just deleted the message so he wouldn't see it since it was like from an an ex-boyfriend, you know? Yeah. I didn't want him to see that. So at this point, school's out and I'm panicking because I'm like, you know, this is 2008. I I didn't know anybody else at this point that this had happened to. Yeah. This was not common. This wasn't something that I even knew how to address. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I definitely don't want to tell my parents. And the only other adult I feel like I guess I can talk to is my therapist. I called her randomly and was like, hey, this thing happened. There's these naked pictures of me on MySpace and I have no idea what to do. What helped me? And she Mm -hmm. was like, first of all, calm down. Like, it's okay. You can go to the police and get this looked into. Do you have an idea of who did it? And I was like, well, I only know one person that had access to those pictures. And I pissed off one of his friends recently. So I'm guessing probably that guy. And she was like, okay, uh, you're not going to like what I have to say, but like, you need to tell your parents. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, yeah, I think you should like, don't worry. They love you and everything is going to be okay. So I ended up going home and at the time our, all the doors on our house were being painted. (laughs) So what meant was that there's a bunch of random dudes in our house Mm -hmm. and no doors on any rooms. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what this is like sitcom worthy okay i know so i had to i was like mom i need to talk to you and so we got in the car and drove to the park across the street and sat in the parking lot and talked and i told her what happened and you know her initial instinct was to like ask a lot of questions and be like how did this happen where did the pictures come from and i told her mm-hmm. like i think it was mike weirdly enough we saw mike walking past the park because he lived near me and i was and i had been calling him all day trying to get to the bottom of this so i ran out of the car and intercepted him and i was like hey mike have you gotten my calls and he was like no my phone was dead and i was like okay well this is like all these pictures of me got out the ones that you had do you know what's going on with that and he very genuinely was like no i have no idea like it he legit did not know what was going on. Mm -hmm. So he was, and he was actually concerned. He was like, I'm really sorry that this happened. Like keep me updated. So he ended up going home. My mom wanted to go out there. She, I remember she was like, wanted to like beat him up. And I was like, let me handle this. (laughs) Yes, mom. So then that evening I had a band concert, of course, that I had to get to. I was in jazz band as the piano player. So, I had to take off and go to that concert and, you know, I was like not in a good place. I was kind of, I was freaking out and my parents were like, basically, I'm going to, my mom was like, I'm going to talk to your dad. And when you get home, we'll like talk about it some more. And I was like, okay, but just like, leave Mike alone. Like, don't do anything. We'll talk when I get home. And they were like, okay, I go to the concert. I come back home and my parents tell me that they went to Mike's house and talked <gasps> to his parents. Oh my and God. That we are going to go to the police. I did not want to go to the police because I mean, I don't know. I, 
I felt like that was making it this, I felt like that was making it really real. Yeah. And like in my head, only two people had received them. So maybe I could just pretend it wasn't a thing. Right. Like your, your boyfriend and this random girl from the mm-hmm. Christian school you went to. Right. So <laughs> the only two people who got them. <laughs> right. So like totally. shout out to that random girl who you hadn't spoken to in years. Like she was a real pal anyway. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And that's like a brave thing to do. Like, I guess I can say yeah. her name. It was Olivia. Thank you, Olivia. I'm sure you don't listen to this, but you're a real star. You know oh, what? That's the you. same person from episode one that I said just got a TikTok and was talking about men in maid costumes. Olivia just fucking coming through. Olivia. But anyways, so at this point is like nine or ten o'clock at night. And my parents made me go to the police station and Basically, we go in and there was, I think, like three male cops and one woman cop. And they're asking me a bunch of questions. And I'm like shaking. Four cops are asking you questions? Yeah. Oh, my God. And they go onto their computer and go onto MySpace and they look up. I think I still had the login. So I logged in through my friends or Kent's account and I showed them the person who sent it mm-hmm. and they compared it. What they did was they pulled up that profile alongside Henry's profile mm-hmm. and alongside Mike's profile. The reasons they were so convinced that it was Henry was because of all of that super fancy, like MySpace junk. Oh, because Henry's profile. Yes. Henry's profile is decked out. It had like fonts Mm. and colors and like marquee banners and all kinds of lame bullshit. Mike's was just like bland. Right. It was like the white and blue and orange. Right. And he didn't know how to do any of that stuff Mm. either. So, you know, once I showed them that, they were like, okay, like we're pretty convinced this is the guy, but we can't do anything like we can't go seize his computer without more evidence mind you they were just trying to get him on child pornography charges because he was 19 and i was 17 and the pictures were from when i was 15 they said that all we can really do is go to his house and threaten him and hope that he deletes the pictures and everything right and i was like do that (laughs) (laughs) yes please and thank you one of the worst parts i remember is that as we were leaving, the one woman cop was like, this is exactly why you kids shouldn't be taking pictures of yourselves and posting them on MySpace because stuff like this happens. And I just started completely breaking down when I got into the car because I was like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't post it. Yeah, nor did you post it on Facebook. You <laughs> yeah. gave it to one person specifically. So what ended up happening was like, I think the next day the cops ended up going to his house and banging on the door and just kind of like, you know, trying to freak him out. They were just like being real copy, which, you know, in this instance, I appreciate. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, and they basically like freaked him out. And I actually ended up getting a call from Mike later that day, who was really, really mad at me for sending the cops to his friend's house. And he was like, oh, it wasn't him. him. I know. I was like, who it was him. was it, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't you. It wasn't yeah. the other person who, you know, could have done it. Then who was it? Right. And I think for me, like a lot of the trauma of it came from the aftermath mm-hmm. because yeah. For weeks after that, I had people in my high school 
Um, in particular, I remember one person coming up to me. He was very sweet, but mm-hmm. he kind of pulled me aside during class and was like, hey, do you know who Caroline, whatever the last name is? And I just started bawling and he just hugged me and was like, it's okay. Aww. And I was like, yeah, I, I know about that. I'm sorry they got sent to you. And he was very sweet. And he's like, I deleted it right away. I didn't even look at it. I just wanted to make sure you knew. Oh my gosh. That's so <laughs> I mean, sweet. but after that happened, I just always was thinking like, you know, I'd go up in the front of a class for a presentation and be like, how many people have here have seen me naked and I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a violation of my consent. Right. And especially with all of the sex education I'd had, you know, I, I felt like I was ruined and I always was thinking about like, I'm not going to be able to get a job from this. I'm not going to be able to get in college. People are going to find it. And I used to Google myself all the time mm-hmm. to see if they would show up. And when I was in high school and college, mm-hmm. sometimes when I would tell my guy friends this story, their response was, oh, I wish I could see those pictures. Where's the website that they are? Ew. I know. That is vile. <laughs> Oh my God, that is so disgusting. I, I'm so sorry for that grossness and like also the whole thing like that, that fear like follows you around for your whole life. It's like you get re-victimized over and over and over again. It doesn't just happen to you one time. Right. You never know, like you said, how many people have seen this stuff and you can never escape it. And yeah. it seems like for you, I'm not going to say the damage was small because obviously the damage was was large. No, it, it was. This was before a lot of that stuff was super common. So yeah. I think it might actually be wiped from the internet. Yeah. I mean, it's weird not knowing where those images are and who's seen them and who, right. you know, especially when you're in high school, who's thinking like, oh, what a slut. Oh, what like a... Yeah. Especially in 2008 before we like you know, before slut shaming was like a thing that people were like, Hey, let's not do that. Yeah. Right. Before slut walks and like before, before, you know, women mostly, but you know, also queer people and, you know, we're coming forward saying like this assault happened to me and it's not my fault. And also I like sex and that's not my fault. You know, it was like before we had sort of had this consciousness around people being sexual beings and it being okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy to think too, at the time, that the only law we could even get Henry on was child porn. So like if this happened now, if somebody like hacked into an account and got pictures, well, I mean, there's different laws now, but like, you know, if, if it had been different and I, and you know, maybe I was 18 at the time and the picture was from when I was 18, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to get any help from the police. They would have just been like, they would have said what they said to me then, except they wouldn't have even gone to his house. Like yeah. the only reason they did that was because he was two years older than me. Yeah. And you were a minor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is crazy. That like posting non-consensual porn essentially is not enough of a crime in and of itself to warrant any sort of legal, legal response. Yeah. Or at least at the time wasn't now. Now I think the laws are starting to come around. I think we're, abysmally far from where we need to be you know there's there's like baby steps i don't know if you know of any laws yeah federally there is actually no laws in the united states which cool is pretty crazy states are kind of doing it 
individually. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, 46 states in Washington, D.C. have laws around revenge porn. The four that don't are Wyoming, South Carolina, Mississippi, and uh, surprisingly, Massachusetts. But mm-hmm. it's still just kind of like, why is this not <laughs> a law federally? Yeah. It's weird because there are so many laws, or at least a few laws, a handful, that legislate like how porn must be done, right? Like you have to have model releases and make sure everyone is 18 and have documentation and all of that oh, stuff. Like if you're on, right. If you're on a porn set, but like make, you know, post pictures of a, of a 17 year old girl or 15 year old girl and like, oh, we don't have any laws that protect you. Like, how can that be? I don't get it. Right. One thing I did look up was the law in California uh, around mm-hmm. revenge porn, because that is where I am from. Distributing revenge porn is a misdemeanor offense punishable by six months in prison and $1,000 in fines. Oh, and then if you do it a second time, you can face up to a year in jail. Mm. I can't decide if I feel like that's fair. Up to a year in jail with a second? Well, six months for a first time. I mean, I... Six months is pretty, that seems right, right? Yeah, I would, I don't know how that compares to other like domestic abuse charges, but I, my hope would be that they are similar to domestic abuse and or sexual abuse mm-hmm. penalties, you know, that they're taken as seriously as those. I like, I would, I what I would like in like some digital crimes is like, taking away of those privileges Mm. as well you know like Mm -hmm. can you trust these people to get back on a computer (laughs) or to post anything like online i i don't i don't know and i I don't know how you like monitor that besides you know having like put them in a faraday cage (laughs) cage at all times (laughs) yeah I mean, they do it for people who have been convicted of like child pornography charges and stuff, which I'm I'm not necessarily saying that this is as bad as that because I don't think yeah. every situation in which like a teenager is sending photos of themselves to another teenager is child pornography. But, you know, mm-hmm. there, there have to be ways to be able to monitor that and, you know, to make sure that they never make profiles on social media or something like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I think I'm trying to think like, what would I have wanted to happen to Henry? Like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been mad if he had had to go to jail for a few days and just like think about his actions or like pay a bunch of money, like even like pay me damages. I don't even know. But like, I wanted him to pay for that. Like, exactly. He fucked me up mentally and like he violated me in a way that is akin to the time that uh, to the two times that I have been sexually assaulted by someone. Right. Like that, that experience is on the exact same level for me. Yeah. Maybe having to go undergo some sort of like training, like anti-abuse training or, or I, I don't know, you know what they have to train people or make them understand like, you know, what it's like to be a woman on the internet in this world, but some sort of community service maybe in which they had to help out at like a domestic violence shelter or something like that, where they were like actually giving back to the community and understood how serious this was rather than like a penalty of being locked up. I think I tend to think that that doesn't actually help people. Yeah. But it it speaks to like a, a much deeper like societal issue that, that women can still be shamed for stuff like this. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't think it would have been such a big deal as it was 
perhaps when it was you, if it, if it had been him in those pictures, right? No, probably not. I mean, it's hard to say, Mm. like you don't like, I guess that's, it's just hard to say. I mean, I I would think that a naked picture of a guy at that age would probably affect them a lot too. Um, but he didn't have to worry about that. You know, like he was the one weaponizing it against women. Right. And I would say like, in my experience, like, I mean, my boyfriend never took pictures back for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think oh. that was just, you know, like I didn't have any pictures of him. So like, I wow, wonder if maybe that's just less common. I mean, that's yeah. my experience now. Like I, even when I have sent nudes, like I don't typically get them back from men. I kind of want to dig into that. Like, why do you think that is? First of all, I've gotten more like unsolicited dick pics than I can count. So it's not that like naked pictures of men don't exist, but like artful nudes definitely don't exist to the extent that they do for women. I would say that's what I was going to say. I think there's a difference between a dick pic and like a nude, Mm. you know, like I, I think the like, woman genitalia equivalent of a dick pic would be just like a close up on the vulva or something. Yeah. But that's different because if that had gotten out, that's like what? I'll be like, that's not my vagina. Like even if it was like, you know, <laughs> right. Like, like no one will ever know <laughs> unless you get tattooed there. Ouch. But I, it, like, what do you think that I know? What do you think that like means? I, I guess it probably points to something about how women are like, images of women and, and women's bodies themselves are like much more consumed by the general public, I guess, than men's are like a little more sexualized. Yeah. I think that is changing. Mm. Maybe not completely because I feel like a lot of the people I'm thinking of right now are queer. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think you're right. Like, I think it just has to do with like the female body being hypersexualized going back to like before cameras, if you think about nude paintings Mm -hmm. from history. Yeah. They're like 90% women. Well, I don't know, man. We got the statue of David. Yeah. But maybe he's like an outlier. Like he's so well known because they're just not, I don't know. What if that was was the first instance of revenge porn? (laughs) (laughs) Someone was like really mad at David, their ex. He was like, what a fucking, like carving a tiny penis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i'm gonna put the statue up in the center of town <laughs> revenge porn was more of an art form back then <laughs> right it took years decades to dedicate to, really right. to be fucking mad exactly <laughs> oh my god also That's the statue so of david funny. was not revenge porn <laughs> <laughs> right oh uh one interesting thing i've been reading about is that For a lot of these state laws, you actually have to prove that the person who posted the porn had an intent to harm the victim. Right. Yeah, I was just kind of reading about that um, through some of the legislation that you were mentioning. I think that a lot of people who have had something like this happen to them who are victims of revenge porn, they sometimes get either their images taken offline or they, they are able to go to court through things like um, copyright law. Like they own the picture that this person posted. So it's not even like a win through revenge porn. It was like he posted a photo that belonged to me, um, which is like super fucked up and capitalist that that is the thing (laughs) that is, um, you know, able to 
get someone to win in court mm-hmm. or or they go through like other sort of tangentially related pieces of legislation like the computer fraud and abuse act which is not specifically about revenge porn but you know can be about like committing fraud or cybersecurity in general well maybe someday there will be hope for a federal law so our guy joe biden one of his platform pieces is planned to end violence against women. And you can read more about this at joebiden.com slash V-A-W-A. And it's a full plan that doesn't just include internet security, but is one of the key points. There's a specific point about online abuse and harassment and how it is more likely to affect women or AFAB people Mm -hmm. starts to set up some plans on how to combat that. I think that's really important because I think my view of a lot of people in our federal government, Congress people, et cetera, are that they don't really understand how the internet works. Like (laughs) (laughs) their, (laughs) their response to things is like, well, just get off the internet then, or like, just don't take the pictures, but that's not regardless of if you think that's what should be done, like that is not what is happening out there in the world. And you can't just not protect people because you wish it wasn't happening, you know? Right. And I don't remember when we talked about this. It might've been in our episode with Kate, Mm -hmm. but especially for children these days, you know, when this happened to me, MySpace was a new thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were all kind of starting to learn how to navigate it. Mm-hmm. Kids, these the kids these days, you know, they all have phones. They have yeah. Snapchat. They have what? That's not even accurate anymore. What are they using? I don't know. But you know what I mean. They have they have like unlimited channels in which they can yeah. send nudes <laughs> or access nudes. And I think an interesting point of it is like I think you said this. You can't just tell a kid to get off the internet. Yeah. They live their whole lives on the internet, especially right now with mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. Their whole social life is on the internet. Their whole school life is on the internet. Like they're better at the internet than like any of us. <laughs> right. And we need to be making sure that our laws protect them. Mm-hmm. And we can't be having laws that, you know, you, you hear stories sometimes about something very similar that happened to me, but Mm -hmm. the victim actually being the one in trouble for child pornography. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have laws. Like you do want to have laws that protect people, but you also just can't necessarily make laws that go against basic human nature and human beings are sexual and teenagers are sexual. And to some extent, preteens are sexual too. They're at least starting to be Mm -hmm. curious, right? Like we know, you know, enough kids, and teenagers and stuff have had sex and done this that we, we should know better by now. Creating laws and having expectations that people and teenagers will just not have sex yeah. and that shaming them into not having sex is going to fix the problem. Like that isn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> right. And if you think about it, if they're spending a lot of time looking at influencers, particularly mm-hmm. hypersexualized influencers, some of their first forays into their own sexuality might be taking kind of sexy pictures of themselves mm-hmm. to match what they're seeing people that they admire online. And right. it's a difficult thing because you want young people to feel unashamed of their sexuality and to feel in tune with it. 
And right. we don't, I, I don't think the right move is to be like, don't take sexy pictures because they might end up on the internet and they right. might ruin your life. I don't want there to be a message that it'll ruin your life. It's not going to mm-hmm. ruin your life, but you know, you also don't want them to end up on the internet. I don't know. Exactly. It, it's a hard thing. I don't, I don't really know what the answer is. I, yeah. I think that you teach, you teach kids young, like about boundaries and about consent. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that you absolutely have to talk about porn with your kids and talk about pictures with your kids and do it in a way that's like, you know, if you receive pictures from a girl or a guy or, or any person of any gender that, you know, you think are explicit or whatever, know that they were, you know, either they were meant for you and you're not supposed to share them with anyone and you can decide what to do with them, either keep them or delete them, but do not share them. Yeah. <laughs> or if you receive them from someone that you know is not in this picture, did not consent to that, that you speak up for that person, that you delete them right away, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, drawing clear boundaries with people around what is acceptable and what is consent. Yeah. And if something does happen, be supportive. I mean, that's one thing, you know, my parents knocked it out of the park when that happened. They were really supportive of me Mm -hmm. and they never, like, I didn't get punished for this. Yeah. They didn't even discuss that. I mean, maybe they did without me there, but (laughs) (laughs) right. Maybe around the time they were like, should we go to the police? (laughs) Should we check her in jail? (laughs) Let's go to the police so that they can arrest Kaylee. And then, (laughs) no, but I mean, you know, my parents had um, Mm -hmm. very specific guidelines around sexual behavior that they tried to impart on me. But when I went outside of them, you know, they were disappointed, but they knew I was going through something and they did their best to support me and, and make sure that I knew that I was loved and they thanked me for talking to them about it and not Mm -hmm. hiding it. So I think that's the best you can ask for is just make sure your kids feel comfortable talking to you because I guess now kids can Google like, Oh no, my nudes got out. What do, but (laughs) like, uh, there's like a whole course online for what to do. Your nudes get out. (laughs) Right. Well, we should probably wrap up, Mm. but uh, if you're interested in learning more, Kate Isaacs, who is our the guest on our last episode, just released uh, a new episode of her podcast, Let's Talk About Porn Baby, where she talks to revenge porn lawyers in the UK. Wow. And uh, it is super fascinating. I mean, it's a, a lot more about UK law, which it sounds mm-hmm. like they actually have a law uh, for the whole country around revenge porn but it doesn't really cover all the bases well let's all move to the uk then <laughs> let's not too cold oh, oh. <laughs> i mean i live in philly it's pretty cold yeah well <laughs> yeah but it's anyway. really good recommend yes. checking it out her whole podcast is good their whole campaign uh not your porn is amazing as well yeah deals with a lot of this stuff also thank you kaylee for sharing your story that was really vulnerable and i know you said you, you haven't shared it a lot so i appreciate you sharing it with me and the listeners yeah yeah that was i teared up for a bit there so did i (laughs) it was uh it was pretty intense but i'm i'm glad to talk about it if you are interested in reading more about revenge porn laws around the u.s uh, i am writing a blog post about it on our website sexedpodcast.com this month you'll also see it in our newsletter so be on the lookout for that last weekend of february check it out yeah, you can find our newsletter on sexedpodcast.substack.com or a link to it on our website. 
Check out our Instagram as well at Sex Ed Podcast or email us at sexedpod at gmail.com. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Also, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Rate our podcast. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so please go check it out. Uh, or you can listen on our website, sexedpodcast.com. No, just thank you to Kent for mastering oh, our yeah. sound. Thank you, Kent. You're the best. We appreciate you. Okay, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I'm doing my Mitch McConnell face. <laughs> oh, are you? I didn't. I don't have you up. Do it again. I don't want to. <laughs> Wait. I hate that I have a Mitch McConnell face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look. You look a lot like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. But you also kind of look like um, the Master of Disguise like turtle scene. But it's because Mitch McConnell looks like a turtle. So I think, I think mostly you look like a turtle. <laughs> you heard it here. 